What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast. I'm Phil Kitchmalidis. I'm joined just about by Sid Lowe, who is on his last <laughs> legs, Sydney. It's been a pretty extraordinary weekend. You've been all over Spain covering Spanish football, as per usual. You were at the Bernabeu on Saturday night. Then you went down to Seville for the Seville derby on Sunday evening. Then you headed back up to the other point of the country, uh, to Barcelona this morning to see Xavi's presentation. And then you've got to somehow find your way back to Madrid this evening. Um, I, won't, I won't keep you, but we do have a bit to talk about. We do have quite, <laughs> yeah, a, lot we do have quite a lot, don't we? we do. What a weekend. What I mean, I, I'm, I'm starting to regret, I'm starting to regret cancelling the, uh, the, the trip to Vigo now. Yes, you, you, you were due to go to Vigo instead, you, you yeah. stayed in Madrid and I went to the Bernabeu, which wasn't quite as, as thrilling, but it had its moments as well. This is what happened then on match day 13, Friday nights or Cadiz, go to Bilbao and be Athletic 1-0 for the second year in a row. A huge result for Álvaro Cervera's men. Then on Saturday, Espanyol continued their uh, decent form, beating Granada by two goals to nil, r.d.t.scoring, and then uh, being called up to the Spain squad. He replaced Ansu Fati, who opened the scoring for Barcelona in their thrilling 3-3 draw with Celta. Barca were 3-0 up at half-time. Ansu had scored. They were playing brilliantly. And then it all went pear-shaped. Ansu went off injured. Barcelona conceded three goals, the last of which in the 96th minute to brilliant Barry Aspas. It finished 3-3. What a game it was. Alaves also left it late before beating Levante. Two goals to one. Uh, Joselu scoring the winner in injury time. They came from behind 21 games without a win for Levante. And then Madrid beat Rio by two goals to one at the Santiago Bernabeu. Real Madrid were 2-0 up. They looked to be cruising but then off came El Tigre Falcao came off from the bench uh, he scored got injured went off but set up what looked like it could have been a comeback for Rio Real Madrid were mm, kind of holding on towards the end but they did hold on uh, for a fourth consecutive 2-1 win then on Sunday Villarreal got a really important victory beating Getafe by a goal to nil Villarreal started that game two points above the relegation zone it's not been a good time for Unai Emery's men then we had another unbelievable 3-3 draw Atletico Madrid were 3-1 up at Mestalla they were seemingly cruising Antoine Griezmann had scored an unbelievably good goal he was playing really well and then Hugo Duro came off the bench for Valencia and scored two goals in injury time in the 91st and 96th minute. Again, Valencia scoring twice in injury time to, to rescue a point as they had done a few weeks ago against Mallorca. Uh, speaking of Mallorca, they scored late themselves to draw 2-2 with Elche. Osasuna were beaten 2-0 at home by brilliant, fantastic leaders. La Real were running out of adjectives to describe him and all Aguatins men. They're just doing unbelievably well and they're still top. 13 match days in and they're still top and then the big game of the weekend El Gran Derby the Seville derby it was won by Sevilla pretty comfortably in the end 2-0 away to Betis Betis playing the majority of the game with 10 men after Guido Rodriguez was sent off just before half time uh, coming up over at patreon.com forward slash TSFP this week we'll have a Q&A pod out tomorrow answering all of your questions I think that podcast might be pretty pretty long and we've got a new episode of TSFP presents messy moments as well and a bonus pod talking the clash of international football powerhouses that is Greece against Spain 
in World Cup qualifying. <laughs> Plus, we've got producer Al's near daily paper reviews. Join us. It's just four euros twenty five a month, so basically nothing. The talking points of this weekend, then. Well, we're going to start with the chavy presentation. You were there at the camp now mm. today. So were almost ten thousand fans. Everyone seemed pretty happy, and Chavi seemed pretty assured, didn't he, in that press conference? I thought he was very assured, and I think um, you know there are when you go there as a journalist. Obviously, there are there are certain things you're looking for, things that may may reveal something, but that's not always the same as the overall sense of how a person. I was going to use the word perform. I'm not sure if perform is the right word, but it sort of is, isn't it? How a person performs in, in that environment. Now, in terms of the, the, the kind of the news lines, if you like, the interesting things were Xavi revealing that twice before he'd been offered the Barcelona job. Now, we knew that, but he, he said very clearly, I was. And he said, and although people say I wasn't, in other words, the previous regime, I was twice offered this job and twice, uh, for different reasons each time, turned it down. He also revealed that it is indeed true that he'd been offered the job as assistant coach of the Brazilian national team with uh, with. Chico to be the Brazil manager but he wanted to come here and I thought the most significant of the footballing things that he said was to really big up Ousmane Dembele mm. really big him up to say this Un is a guy mundial. that I, yeah I want this guy to be renewed I think he can be the, one of the best players in the world if he's in his and I thought this was really interesting if he plays in his position and is well worked on in other words, I can get this guy to be the player. Now, obviously, whether or not he can is another issue. So those are the kind of, if you like, the sort of the headline elements. I also quite liked his response to a question from, from Pete Jensen, who, who said, you know, some players who, are, who, who come back as managers do very well. Guardiola is a good example. Uh, but some haven't. Lampard, uh, Solskjaer, uh, Andrea Pirlo. And Xavi said, it's definitely an advantage to know the club. Uh, I hope I'm in the Zidane-Guardiola group, not the other one. <laughs> Anyway, beyond that, I mean, the, 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 the sort of the overall thing about, about how, how impressive he was is exactly as you say, very, very assured, very, very clear mm. in his ideas, which we knew about him. But also, I think, and this actually does mirror Guardiola a little bit. We talk about Xavi as a philosopher, and rightly so. We talk about him as an ideologue, as someone with a very clear idea of how the game should be played. And today there was a little bit of talk about that. He talked about structures. He talked about styles. He talked about uh, the influence of Guardiola and and Cruyff and and, and one or two others. Um, But more than anything else, I thought he talked about the mechanics, the practicalities of this. And the word that kept getting repeated, which I thought was the most interesting word of the whole thing, was rules. Hmm. He talked about rules and order and if you like the pragmatic side of it and I think he implied very heavily more than once that this is a club where for too long things haven't been done particularly professionally yes and that, and that, part, and that part of his approach is to, is to change that do you think he was talking to anyone in particular I don't know. Well, look, there's two ways of looking at it. Talking about anyone in particular in terms of managers or talking about anyone in particular in terms of the players. Squad. I, yes, I, I, think it was, I think it was about kind of collective ingrained habits mm-hmm. uh, rather than anything else. Okay. Um, I also wonder, you know, he avoided the question essentially about, you know, would you have liked to work with Messi? Uh, he was asked, would you have liked to have been with Messi? He said, well, yeah, I'm Ronaldinho and Samuel Eto'o. Now, is it unkind of me to read into that a manager saying his time has gone like their time was? Is that, is that me reading too much between the lines? It might be. I think it... But, but, cer- yeah. but certainly it was him, him avoiding that question. Mm. He, yeah, he did. Definitely did avoid that question. Whatever it is, good luck to Xavi. He has got a lot of work to do. So said the papers. He has. Um, after that 
capitulation in the second half at Celta. To be fair, they have had a lot of injuries. In fact, you could make an entire starting eleven from the players that Barcelona have out yeah. injured. At the moment, there were a lot of youngsters out there on the pitch in the second half, inexperienced. Uh, Ansu and Nico and Eric Garcia all got injured in that game. They played really, really well in the first half. I mean, really mm. well. Possibly, the, I mean, their best football of the season, I think it's fair to say, maybe their best football of the calendar year and perhaps beyond as well. But the second half, they just let Celta back into it. You could almost feel it happening. Yeah, I think you're right. And and look, I, I think any analysis of the game has to take into account the injuries because I think the, the emotional impact of losing um, Ansu is very big. I think the psychological impact of losing um, Nico might not be as big, but the mechanical impact of it was very large because I thought he played absolutely brilliantly, yes. Nico, at the weekend. I thought, thought he was, I, I, I actually think I do, you know, I, I know it's too early to be saying these kind of things, but I do think he's a more exciting player even than Gavi mm. I think in terms of his technical quality and so on and then they fell apart but you're right there's also that thing of, of this sense that that vulnerability never really goes away um, and and that was expressed very well I thought by Frankie the Young after the game who said you know, we're a team who lack personality he actually said people need to show themselves the ball more they want to want, need to want the ball more and there is he essentially basically said there's something really wrong with us mm. um, and he you know two or three of his answers were just puffing out his cheeks to say <laughs> You know, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to this, but I thought it was very, very striking. We said, "Yeah, we've, we 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 don't have personality." I think he's right, by the way. Well, they've got a manager now with plenty of personality. Maybe it'll yeah. it'll be able to rub off on some members of the of the squad. Obviously, I think everybody watching, apart from Barcelona fans, would have maybe yelped and whooped with delight when Barry Aspa scored in the 96th minute. He's had a disappointing season, so much so that the coach Chacho Caldet had organised minutes applause in the 10th yeah. minute from the Celta fans to try and boost his confidence he wears number 10 it's a, it's a bit weird really but it seemed like it works maybe he should do it every game because he still scored two goals the second of which is so so good I mean apart from the fact that it's in the 96th minute it's a shot from the edge of the area the way he wraps his body around it I yeah. try to do that I dislocate my hip I mean it's guaranteed <laughs> but it was just such a sensational comeback from Celta led by Big Baz yeah, he was he was brilliant. You're right. It did feel a little bit weird, but it, it kind of made sense. And and Chacho Caldet had been talking in the build up to this game about how Aspas wasn't at his best. How he is saying he's got that football in him, but it's not quite coming out right. He also said, and actually the statistics bear this out, mm. that Aspas quite often has a slow start to the season mm-hmm. and then kind of gathers momentum as we come towards Christmas. And, and as I say, the statistics do do bear that out. So maybe it was always likely to happen anyway. Um, but but you know that that ten minutes applause Aspas said after the game course I noticed of course I was aware of it I was very very focused on it um, I, I think the, the enormity of what Aspas is um, was, was expressed in that and was expressed in the celebrations at the end because I think Celta fans not just because of reasons of functionality in other words the fact that Aspas is their best player I think emotionally mm. are pleased that it was Aspas that scored um, and the goal as you say is brilliant you know it reminded me slightly of Messi's goal against Betis one that he curled in off the bar in terms of the way that he wraps his foot round the ball because it's a left footed curler mm. sort of the wrong way from left to right mm. and sort of bending into that corner now it's not the same because Messi's is de- more delicate and he hits the bar but the way he wraps his foot round it I think it's an absolutely ludicrously difficult shot yes the one that he produces and, and I think I think so, 
you know, look, everything football, professional footballers do is ludicrously difficult to us. But I think even for a professional, you don't see players from that position produce that kind of shot. I was watching it with a full professional and he, he was telling me just how difficult it was to, to do that. He also um, said that the goal that Tony Cross scored as well for, for Real Madrid against Rio, really, really just super difficult to keep that shot down, which he managed to do. Because of how high the ball was bouncing, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we just assume that everything's quite difficult for footballers but when other footballers say oh my goodness that's that's basically impossible it just gives you an idea of how difficult it was uh, Big Baz is back big point for Celta who were 3-0 down and managed to come back and draw 3-3 with Barca on to the other 3-3 of the weekend Valencia 3 Atletico Madrid 3 uh, just you managed to watch us on the train? yeah all of it except for terribly we arrived in Seville Got off the train in the time it took to walk from the station to the nearest uh, bar restaurant in the hotel on the corner of the where the station is. So the best part of six, seven minutes, maybe, managed to miss the two middle goals. <laughs> the the uh-huh. Atletico second and third. Ah, OK, so you missed the Antoine Griezmann wonder. Spell. Well, I did then, did then see a replay, but yes, missed it, missed it live. Yes. By the way, I mean, this is, we're, we're not sponsored by AVE, the high-speed rail service in, in Spain, but it's pretty amazing that you can get on and they will live stream the football to your computer for you. It's, um, yeah, it really it's is. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it really, it, it really is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they want to sponsor us, they can. Yeah, we'd, be, we'd be very happy. We, I mean, we, we give them enough money. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> the amount of trains we get. Um, yeah, that is true. Valencia has scored five added time goals to get points this season they scored in the 95th minute against Athletic to draw 1-1 they scored twice against uh, Mallorca in injury time and twice against Atleti as well they they keep going I guess that kind of tenacity is to be expected from Jose Bordalas it's also to be expected that Jose Bordalas side is involved in matches with a lot of injury time yes yes yeah, um, and and also look, let's let's put this through the prism of Bordelas as well. He said after the game, as you say, you know, it's 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 very good that the team keeps going. It's very good that the team finds a way back into it. But he said, look, we cannot allow this to disguise the truth. This isn't good enough. He said we can't. Um, the fra- phrase he used, I suppose, in English, you'd best translate as keep hemorrhaging goals, mm. keep having this this sangria, this 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 bleeding of goals. He says we've conceded twenty goals this year, and he used that lovely word in Spanish, which never translates particularly well, which is a barbaridad, mm-hmm. which is barbaric, which is incredible, which is unbelievable. We cannot be conceding this many goals, and he's right, and he's not entirely happy. But there is something about this uh, Valencia team. That said, I think Atletico Madrid contributed very significantly to, to this loss. And, and of course, you know, Valencia, Valencia then had Hugo Duro to score, to score the two goals. He's now scored this year against Real Madrid, Sevilla and Atletico. It's not bad, is it? It's not bad at all. Um, but Atletico Madrid's defending has been pretty poor yep. this season. At this stage of the season, last campaign, they've conceded five goals. They've conceded 13 uh, this year if you put that into the context of La Liga it's still one of the best defences in La Liga or it certainly was coming into this weekend those three goals have altered their record a little bit but it's still not good enough for Atletico Madrid and th- this weekend they had they had Stefan Savic back uh, they had the, to all intents and purposes their first choice back three mm. back five whatever you want to call it and still it's not working yeah I mean I think there's uh 
there's a couple of things here. One, obviously, is is the defence itself throughout the course of the game, because actually throughout the course of the game it wasn't too awful, um, it just sort of as a, as a general rule. But then they they collapsed at, at the very end. Correct me if I'm wrong. In fact, please don't correct me if I'm if I'm wrong because I've written this today. So if I'm wrong now, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, Atletico have now conceded at least two goals in five of the last six games. Yes, um, that's and right. That is that is that is great, lovely, um, <laughs> and that that is obviously too much. But I, I think it's as well. I think the only clean sheet was against Barcelona. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, that says something, doesn't it? Yes. Against mid-table Barcelona. Um, the, the, Simeone said after the game it's my fault and to be honest with you I'd be inclined to agree with that because he, he used his last uh, window to make free changes 87 minutes he takes off Rodrigo de Paul he takes off Luis Suarez and he takes off 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 I can't remember who the other one is um, he sends on Jao Felix nothing wrong with that sends on Kondogbia and sends on Hector Herrera the idea of course being right let's hold out for these last few minutes there's a bit of me that thinks just don't hold out just play as you are don't have the confusion of three players in now look I always say this Simeone knows his players better than me he understands football much better than me but it, it struck me as, as a slightly risky and they lost control and the goal that wins it for Valencia comes from the, a free kick they give away Antoine Guzman gives away deep in his own corner which is probably from the challenge that I think he probably doesn't need to make um, I think and, and they're not defending not well. Even be a foul by Griezmann, but anyway, we don't need to. Get well, into to that. be fair, yeah, I think you you may well <laughs> be maybe right. Maybe he's the um, one that I, gets fouled, but anyway, it's... I think he probably probably doesn't even need to be there. Well, he does need to be there, of course. Um, but I do think there's a, there's a vulnerability about Atletico. I also look at them and think this might not be purely about the players at the back. Um, it's about the structure of the team a little bit more, perhaps, and and, and I think perhaps about just a, a sort of slight lack of security now. All around the team. At the weekend, Simeone had said, oh, it must have been after the Betis game, mm. which is the clean, uh, clean sheet, wasn't it? Oh, yes, the clean sheet against Betis. Yeah, they did get a clean sheet against Betis. And he said, and he said, look, if you look at the goals we conceded, um, I think it was, of the last four goals, I think three of them had been penalties. Mm-hmm. And I think one had been maybe a breakaway or something. And he said, so look, you can't look at us and generally say we're defending badly. Mm. So we've, had, we've had these little bad moments rather than generally defending badly. And to be honest with you, I sort of think he's right. Mm. I think there's a lack of concentration rather than, if you like, a, a system failure. Mm. But of course, I suppose concentration is part of the system, particularly in the Simeone team. Mm. Just to go a bit further back, I was looking there. It's, it's two clean sheets in ten for Atletico yeah. Madrid, which is pretty, pretty Which is cool. not very good at all. And yeah, yeah. they came at home to uh, Betis and... And Barcelona, let's see if they can fix things up after the international break. They come back with a game against uh, Osasuna and then a big, big Champions League clash against uh, Milan. On then to the Seville derby. Uh, 50,534 fans back at the Seville derby. It wasn't quite full. There was a big away section which was only populated uh, with a a small travelling support from uh, Mm. Sevilla. But they were pretty happy with what they saw they got a pretty good game as well up until the sending off and then that really changed everything yeah it was it was a curious one in that it wasn't quite the sort of um, wild experience that that it has been in the past uh, this derby uh, but it was an enjoyable game. There was a sort of a hint of menace in the first half. I think, as I, I put it in our WhatsApp group, uh, an enjoyable, an enjoyable hint of latent violence. Yes. The possibility that this that this might kick off. Um, it didn't Podcast really kick off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hint of latent violence. It, it didn't really kick off, although it sort of was close a couple of times. Um, I, I think, I think in part. Because, of course, the the red card comes. I don't actually think, to be honest, that there's too much you can complain about the red card. Mm. Um, I thought the first 
yellow card he got was justified. I think the second yellow card he got was justified. And I think there were, I think it was three fouls in between those, but could also have been yellow cards. Guido, that was his Guido, fifth foul. I, like the second yellow card was yeah. his fifth foul in 45 minutes. And here's the thing. I think I'm right in saying that was his fifth foul of seven Betis had committed. So he's committing all of their fouls. Um, and but the thing is, obviously at that point, and I, I asked Pellegrini this after the game. I said, you know, obviously we saw what you did do, but I'd like to know what thought your thought process is when you get a red a red card that early in the game. What do you prioritise? And he said, well, look, it's nil nil, so of course you prioritise holding, keeping them at bay, and maybe catching a goal. And I think that was. I'm not going to say too clear because obviously you're entitled to approach it that way and against a team as good as Sevilla it's natural to approach it that way but it did feel like they sort of they, they, they sort of renounced the chance to go for the game I felt and for what it's worth I felt that actually fitted a pattern that had happened even before the red card I thought Betis were unusually conservative in this game I think it's understandable why they were conservative I think their idea was to not lose this given what a terrible week they'd had absolutely losing to Atletico Madrid yes. and then by Leverkusen and then the biggest game of all the idea was to not lose and, and by doing that they kind of sort of renounced their identity a little bit this season exactly that's the problem mm. it's not just that you play this way because that's a tactical choice it's you play this way and you, you, you denaturalise yourself mm. for want of a better phrase mm. um, and, and you, look, you look at it in 2021 Real Betis had lost four games until last week they've now lost three in a week with an aggregate score of 9-0 yeah, um, and and that, that 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 hurts, and it hurts them. And, and and Pellegrini was saying afterwards, you know, we have to kind of clear our heads of this and, and sort of start again and and just get back to what it was that we were that we were doing well. I thought Sevilla handled the game very well, and and this was something that Lopetegui said afterwards, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, you're, you're up against ten men. You've probably had the better of the first half, albeit Betis have made a couple of chances. And of course, Bayerin scores a really nice goal, which is ruled out for offside. Um, and at that point, when they go down to 10 men, Lopetegui's phrase was, you shouldn't look for shortcuts. You can't stop doing the things you're doing well because they're down to 10 men. Mm. Maybe you reinforce them, maybe you accelerate it, but you don't stop doing it. You don't try and think, oh, they're down to 10 men, let's go and get them. Um, and, I, and I thought that by the end, Sevilla should have, should have put it out of sight way, way, way before they got the second goal, which was an own goal. Rafa Mir had three of the clearest chances you could ever wish to see. Really should have scored. Really should have scored yeah. in that game, Rafa Mir. The opening goal came from Marcos Acuna. An unbelievable hit. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. It's a magnificent strike. We've had some had some fantastic left-footed goals, actually. I think it was Footballers La Leche on Twitter pointing out that there was a weekend of brilliant zurdazos, uh, fantastic well, left-foot shots with Adri Pedrosa scoring an unbelievable Well, that was the one. best of them, wasn't it? Yeah. That, the Pe- Pedrosa one straight from a corner was absolutely wonderful. For, for, for Espanyol, Griezmann's, uh, this for Acuna as well. Um, yeah, some really, really good, good strikes. And Sevilla winning again. Um, they're very much in the title race at this early stage of the season. Will they be there come the end of the campaign? Let's talk about Real Madrid, who are also still very much in the title race, just behind uh, Real Sociedad, the leaders in their level on points with Sevilla, Real Madrid, after that 2-1 win against Rio. Ancelotti said after, if the game had finished in the 80th minute, it would have been our best match of the season. Yeah, he also said, and I, and I think he's right, um, he's, you know, this ended up being harder than it should have been. And he said, well, yeah, at the end. But as you say, that, that point about up until then, they played very well. But he then also made the point that, look, this has happened before and it wasn't just that he said this he then went on to list the, the last three or four games when this has happened he said we think it's one and we concede we think it's one and it's con- we concede we think it's one and it, con- it concede and there's a very clear message there to his players you can't switch off 
because at some point we'll get caught doing this. Mm. Now, as you said, what was it? Five two ones in a row. Four two ones. Now in most, row, yeah. sorry, four two rows in a row. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think most of those are two nil up, and then the, then you concede the one. Mm-hmm. So that, that that so the two one makes it sound close than it really is. But of course, the, by virtue of well, maths, the scoreline, it is close mm. because you can get caught. And on Saturday, very very nearly did. Courtois had to make a good save at the end. It's three two There's ones a, in a row. There was a nil nil against Osasuna between the. Okay. The, yeah. Sorry for it. Three in a row, and then they they nearly do get caught at the end, and, and I think that's what Ancelotti's point to his players is: you, you can't believe it's done, you can't just think it's it's okay. Um, and and you know, Tony Cross was saying something similar post game. He was saying that you know, I think we played very well. We we possibly switched off a bit at the point at which we thought it was easy, not easy, um, but you know, what I mean, done. You saw Falcao, Sydney. Yeah, not for very long, unfortunately. He came on, he scored a goal, which actually is, you know, it's a slightly sloppy goal in terms of how it goes in. It gets a bit of reflection, but it's a hell of a jump for an old man. It's a hell of a jump for an old man, and the power he generates on that ball, it does get a little bit of a deflection. It sort of trickles over the line, but it ends up in the back of the net. His first goal ever at the Bernabeu. He's now out for three to four weeks. Rio have just uh, yeah. released a part of the medical. Which is a pity. Yeah. A pity, obviously, just because it's him out, but it's also a pity because, of course, this is international break and, and, and it was nice hearing Andoni Adala say kind of the opposite of what managers normally say, which is, I hope he's not going to be out for the international break. I hope he can play for Colombia because that's really important for him mm. rather than this whinging because your player's going across the world. Very, very, very refreshing. Andoni Adala, what a guy. What a job he's doing. Yeah, with this mighty really Rio yeah. side who fight and battle and don't change the way that they play football irrespective of the opponent they vanquished Barcelona and they nearly nearly got something out of the game against Real Madrid um, I think Rio fans are pretty proud of how they played even though they even though they lost shout out to Real Sociedad they are still top fifth mm. consecutive week being top of La Liga I was convinced this week Sydney convinced they were going to slip up against Osasuna Osasuna had eight days to prepare this game during which time La Real had played the Bas Derby against Athletic Club and played a tricky Europa League game against Sturmgratz in the absolute pissing rain uh, on Thursday evening two really really difficult matches exhausting matches they've had injuries they're the younger squad in La Liga I thought listen they're going to struggle against Osasuna the most intense side in La Liga none of it yeah Osasuna had some chances but La Real won they won pretty well they scored their goals they could have scored more as well and just so 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 impressive well done La Real well done assured they're so assured aren't they they're so kind of because we've seen this in this run which is different to last season games when they haven't played particularly well but where there's been a solidity about them where there's been a sense that at some point it'll happen even if it has to be a bit fortunate and a couple of times it has been against Elche it was fortunate against Mallorca it was fortunate both those games were late goals and I think fairly lucky late goals one's a slip and one's a deflection if I remember rightly mm. um, even in this game while they played very well it wasn't the sort of sparkling no. football we've seen there. but there's, there's something about them that makes you think yeah this is more than just a nice team who plays nice football now this is a team who's starting to realise okay we had we we have something else now and we're we're competing for something and it's starting to gather a momentum mm. of a team that I think is starting to realise that there is a target now mm. and I'm not sure they genuinely thought that last year I'm starting to think they do think it this year uh, after the international break they've got a home game against Valencia then Monaco in the Europa League Espanyol Real Madrid PSV um, and then away to Betis and then away to and then against Villarreal here's a question for you it's not it's not a nice question but here's a question for you would they be better off getting knocked out of Europe 
I'm not sure they are going to be, but yeah, potentially in terms of their yeah. La Liga title race. Probably, probably. But the manager's he's been saying, no, no, just forget, we, we can't complain about that. We've got a game every three days. That's no. what we need to be doing. So let's just get on with it. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of managers, well done to Javi Callejo, who's turned things around at Alaves as well. 10 points from the last 12, and um, excellent job he's been doing um, in the last few weeks. And Joselu. I mean, I just want to throw the name Joselu in now. Maybe we can talk about him in the questions if, if indeed our listeners send us them. But, but Joselu, everyone's talking about how well he's playing now, and I think they're absolutely right. But I think it also overlooks the fact that if there was one man that saved them from relegation last year, it was him as well. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, in the Segunda, Almeria are six points clear at the top. They beat Burgos 2 0. Eibar drew 0 0 at Fuenlabrada, their second, but just a point ahead of Las Palmas, who drew 1 1 at the mighty Rail Oviedo. A massive win for Leganes at the bottom, 2 0 at Huesca, and for Saragotha, who also beat Sporting at 2 0. It is the international break, and there is, as we mentioned, a huge game on Thursday in Athens. It's yeah. Greece against Spain. Massive. And then Spain against well, you, Sweden. You joke, but it is massive. It's I'm absolutely massive. I'm not joking at all. No, it abs- it massive absolutely both, is massive. Both, both, both of them, and the and the Sweden one will be massive as well. Yeah. And Spain probably have to win them both. Yeah. So I think they could get away with a win and a draw, but I think they probably have to win them both. Win and a draw to finish second. No, a draw and then a win. Uh, a draw, a draw. No, a draw and a, a draw and a win would would finish them first, wouldn't it? A draw, a draw, draw. away and then a win against Sweden. I think Steven finished first. Okay. But it has to be that way round. I think it can't be. I haven't got the table in front of me, so it's possible I'm, I'm mistaken. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to those international matches uh, anyway. We'll do a bit of a preview on Thursday over at Patreon. If you want more Spanish content, come and join us. As we said, it's very cheap. Pound a week. You get a lot of bang for your buck. So if you fancy uh, contributing to bang that. for your buck. You do. You do loads of <laughs> Yeah, bangs. I like it. Yeah. Um, come and yeah. join us. Patreon.com forward slash TSFP. Otherwise, don't worry. We'll be back here next Monday as always. The Monday pod, it's free as always for you guys. Uh, we'll speak soon. Adios. Cheerio. Cheerio.